All right, ladies and gents, good afternoon. This is your man, El Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. We are itching ever so closely to that big episode 100. We have a few things to talk about today. Uh, we're going to go over the war on the street. Also, we're going to be going over some Thursday night football. There's a couple of uh, stuff to talk about outside of that in football as well. Um, and then I'm going to finish everything up uh, with some NBA action from last night. So, pretty quick show uh for your friday for your friday afternoon so not too much to get through but uh let's just let's just get to it uh well we're on the street is Theresa may uh the prime minister out there in the uk is safe for now uh she just recently won a confidence vote or a vote of confidence of 63 percent and that's amongst her tory conservatives now if you don't know uh, about the political parties uh in in um in the UK, there's a Conservative Party, there's a Labour Party. Uh, the Conservative Party is known as the Tories. There's a few uh, Tories. Uh, there's a few different political parties out there, but uh, the main ones are the Labour, the Tories. Uh, there's a small Democratic Party out there as well. Um, you know, but the main ones you'll hear about is mostly Labour and Tory. Uh, but a vote of no confidence is a procedure to move a minister. Uh, usually, this happens when there's a lot of drama uh, amongst that that Prime Minister, and you know the um, I guess you will call, you know, I know it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a vastly different term because we're talking about a, a, a British, um, the British government here, but uh, some more similarly to their uh, Senate, to be like our Senate, their Senate comes together and has a vote of confidence in order to keep a, a prime minister uh, here or gone. Uh, in the case of France, it looks like uh, he did not, Emmanuel Marson, I will talk about that a little bit more later, uh, but he did not uh, get a vote of confidence. So he will be removed from his uh, position of president of France. So but it looks like as of today, or actually this was about a couple days ago, uh, Wednesday to be exact, actually. So yesterday, uh, Theresa May is safe from having to be asked from her position. Uh, but she vowed to move forward with Brexit. Um, and this was a uh, this was a secret ballot, meaning she did not know about it. Uh, the, the parliament just decided to make this happen on their own. So it does look like there is uh, definitely some cracks within that Um well, it would, uh, at least within her support, uh, from what I've read, at least a hundred members of her own party voted against her, a good third. So there's definitely a crack with there is a fissure within even that own party. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of blood, there's a lot of messiness going on right now. Uh, Theresa May has lost a majority in Parliament. Her government is in chaos, and she's unable to deliver a Brexit deal that works for the country. And this is coming from Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn. Conservatives uh, also asked for all. All those who support Brexit to show support for May, uh, they pretty much uh, seem to see. And, and one thing you have to realize about Brexit, um, which I'm starting to learn about Brexit, I'm starting to put some pieces together here, and it kind of makes sense. Um, Brexit is important to certain individuals within uh, the parliament because. Remember, I'm going to remind you, there's also a movement to make Scotland independent from the UK. And that's not really that's that would not really be able to happen if the if the UK were decide to remain part of the UN. That would not happen that way. And uh, when I talked about the meeting that I saw with Parliament and how they all were uh, amongst each other, just talking and uh, being really open about 
the the situation with Miss uh, Miss May and how ineffective she was. The majority of of really harsh negative criticism. Now, mind you, this is just something that I noticed came from the Scottish politicians. And when you when I remind and I'm gonna remind you another of another fact, the main people that were pushing uh, at least in terms of voting, the highest turnout of voting for Brexit came from Scotland. Scotland again is pushing for their own independence, so they have their own ideals in mind. So it's a it's a very slippery uh, slope right now. A lot of drama, and because of all this drama, regardless of making it to this uh, support of confidence or making it through the vote of confidence, May has promised to step down before the next election, the twenty twenty. So she already knows the writing is on the wall. Uh, a good chunk of her support is gone from her own her own party. Uh, so she's she's like I said, she's realizing that she herself is not effective, and it, it is just it is just becoming uh, a whole lot of drama with her. And and don't get me wrong. Um, I'm not too sure where to stand on Brexit because, again, I'm not from Britain. I'm just here to report this to you guys. Um, but, again, uh, it seems to me that uh, there's a strong nationalist front in a lot of these different countries, the U.S. included. So um, it's, it doesn't surprise me that something like this is going on. I just want to see how how it works all how it works out in terms of logistics, you know, because eventually, like I said, not only does the UK itself uh, want to break away from the UN, I'm sorry, the EU, the European Union, uh, but also Scotland itself. I've I've uh, talked about this a few times. Wants to break away from the UK and create its own separate and become its own independent country. So a lot going on um, in Europe right now. Again, also, like I said, I got some news referring to Emmanuel Marcon being forced to step down because his vote of no confidence. So I will be talking about that soon. Uh, but moving on, we're going to go back to the U.S. And we're going to talk a little about, about Trump's partner, Michael Cohen. Uh, he was recently sentenced to three years in prison. I felt it was my duty to cover up his dirty deeds. That's what his bang quote was. Uh, he used hush money on women, of course, we know about Stormy Daniels and the porn stars, the other porn stars who had sexual relationships with um, with Donald Trump. Uh, he broke pa uh, campaign fi uh, finance laws. He also uh, committed perjury to Congress, and he's also being arrested. Well, he also is serving will be serving time uh, for tax evasion. Uh, tax evasion. He'll be serving up to three years. Uh, the max they were trying to get was four. Uh, the plea, I guess, talking a little bit helped them out, but again, it's not like he gave them all the answers that they wanted. That's a, that's according. What I'm seeing, um, I'm hearing, and he was also fined two million dollars. So, uh, is justice served? We don't know, but they are opening an investigation on that on that campaign team from 2016 for Trump. So, we will see. It's the criminal investigation as well. So, we have to be aware of what comes from that. Uh, moving on, uh, we got some news from my home state, California, and they are contemplating a texting tax. What the fuck? The California Public Utilities, Utilities Commission, excuse me, wants to add a monthly fee to cell phone bills that have text service. Again, I say, what the fuck? The commission will vote on this on January the 10th, facing opposition from Sprint, T-Mobile, basically all the cell phone carriers. Uh, the FCC voted uh, yesterday, actually, to have texting designated as an information service, which would make uh, this new proposal a little bit retarded uh, because an essential because uh, an information service would make texting an essential aspect of, what, of our communication. Therefore, uh, I, 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 at that point, not subject to extra fees. It will be just something that would have to be provided 
within any within any phone service is that that and that's kind of the that's kind of the feeling that i'm getting uh the cpuc also said that the, the proceeds will go to 911 services phone services for income low-income residents and equipment for uh deaf and hard of hearing users now i understand what they claim it's going to be for but being in the state for as many years as i've been and just seeing the the price of living increase is another bullshit law from a state that obviously loves to drain its people out of money. This is the place where we have a gas tax. People voted no on making housing affordable. This state is ass backwards, and I'm getting really sick and tired of having to pay for shit. I, you know, I just for stupid shit. I, I mean, we, we I, I, in my house in Hercules, guess how far I am from an oil refinery? I'm like five or six minutes away from an oil refinery, yet I pay the highest taxes for gas in the country. I think an extra tax on texting is fucking stupid. I'm sorry. And I'm tired of having to pay for stuff for living in California. This is becoming a turnoff. I don't think I want to live here anymore, Gavin Newsom. Do something about it since you're the governor. I think this, this 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 state caters to rich individuals who have money and willing to throw money away because they have money. And I think this is a stupid part of our country, and I'm I don't like it. It's like it's like this we have we're not American unless we're spending all this different type of money for things that don't matter. Oh, well, I have I have no. You know what? I'm not gonna get into it. The tax the texting the texting tax is stupid. If it passes. I will think about moving to a different state in a couple of years because this is retarded. I'm just saying, let me be honest with you. And before I move on, I wanted to um, bring it down to a somber note just a little bit. Last night, um, jazz singer uh, uh, jazz singer Nancy Wilson passed away at the age of 81. Now, I know a lot of people, um, more so probably in my generation, might not know uh, who that is. But again, uh, she's a she's one of the great uh, jazz song stylists of her time. Uh, she first appeared on the scene in 1960, uh, about 1960, uh, with the single "Guess Who I Saw Today." That was her first single. Uh, she also took she would end up taking the 60s by storm. Her uh, next album, "How Glad I Am," uh, would win her, or at least that single itself would win her her first Grammy. It was also number 11 on the Billboard Top 100. She would go on to win at least three other. Uh, she will go on to win two other Grammys in her career. One in 2005, and one for her last album in 2007, uh, Turn to Blue. Uh, she retired from music in total uh, in 2011 to focus on her family. And she also got a Lifetime Achievement Award uh, from the Endowment of the Arts for what she accomplished. Uh, now, outside of uh, music, she also uh, appeared on numerous TV and movies. Uh, she appeared on Hawaii Five-0, I believe, back in the 80s. She also appeared in a movie called Meteor Man back in 1995. Uh, she will also host a show called Jazz Profiles on uh, National Public Radio. Highlight. It was a documentary series uh, highlighting uh, new and contemporary jazz, also old school jazz as well. Um, my first, um, you know, my first experiences with uh, Nancy Wilson. I remember my grandfather buying one of her CDs, and um, you know, she was a, she, you know, one of my first impressions was a lounge singer, you know, uh, really uptight. Well, at least her, her, uh, not her per se, but I knew if I would go to a show, it would be all uptight, all stuffy. It kind of, it kind of hit me like that. But when somebody keeps listening to something, and somebody, you know, puts something around you, eventually you'll start to, you'll start to listen to it. And I like, I. 
I always liked her voice. Uh, always, I, I got to, I learned to dig her voice. I loved the songs that she would sing. I learned to understand some of the subject matter she would talk about the older that I got. And I learned to respect her a lot more. Uh, one of my personal favorite songs uh, is If I Had My Way, uh, basically describing, you know, what she did younger as a younger woman and, and how she wanted to change it and how she wanted to change as she got older in order to uh, really find love. And um, I always respected that. And she was always one of the, in my opinion, she's one of the most classiest and uh, classiest black women I've ever had a chance. To, I never met her, but I, I've just list, listened to. And um, and I know, of course, there's there's many uh, black women with class and so on and so forth. But uh, just hearing her and, and just hearing her messages that she was singing was never overly sexual, uh, always out of respect, always classy. And I like that. I like that. Uh, you know, and that goes a, a long way. Women do not understand, but classiness, respectfulness, true meaning behind what you're saying, men like that. And she always uh, had that soft spot for me, no matter how old she was. She always had that soft spot for me. I can always tell uh, where she was coming from. Uh, but outside her music, she meant so much more. She was a civil rights advocate as well. Uh, she was recognized in 1993 for her efforts in the 1965 March to Selma, Alabama, with Martin Luther King. She was also um, she was also she also won an NAACP Image Award in 1998 and was inducted into the International Civil Rights Walk of Fame in 2005. She also was a, a big advocate in AIDS awareness. So she was all over the place, and she wasn't just a singer, and she wasn't just a performer. And uh, I think a lot of black women could take a lot of notes from her. Um, she was very positive, uh, you know, from the from what I was able to see of her. Now, mind you, I've never met the woman, but uh, just her music lived in in so many uh, so many households, you know, in so many different ways. And um, you know, she was good at. She also also what I liked her for was one of her one of the covers that she did. Now, she covered a song by a country singer by the name of Bonnie Wright. Uh, she covered a song "I Can't Make You Love Me." Now her version was of course the soulful version, the R and B version, but it was it was it was done so well. You know, I had I didn't know for years that it was sung by a white woman beforehand. I thought that Nancy had dominated that song to the point where she took it and made it her own. Again, I, I didn't know that somebody else sung it before her. But she had a beautiful voice, a beautiful mind, and she inspired a lot of different women and I and that's what um Men in this community now. Don't get me wrong. I, I I understand that Cardi B's exist, Beyonce's do exist in this world, and you know you can't be disrespectful to them. But I think we always need to respect uh, real positivity in our community, and that's why I wanted to give her a shout out. Uh, so please, you know, if you were especially if you were a fan, take a time out. Just you know. Give a couple of silence for her. Give a quick thank you. Uh, thank you, Auntie Nancy, for what you were able to do for not only music, uh, but for our community. Again, you know, your your voice in the civil rights movement was always respected. Uh, I do like what she did for women as well. She stood for a lot of different things, all positive and all meant something to the community and to her and to who she was. So you have to respect that outside of the art. Uh, so she gets a double double whammy of respect for me. Again, thank you, Auntie, uh, and I hope you rest in peace. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when I come back, like I said, we're going to be breaking down some NFL news. Uh, we're also going to be breaking down some um, Thursday night action as well. We're going to talk some Carson Wentz to start everything off with. All right, y'all, I'll be right back. All right, y'all, I am back. And like I said, we're going to 
talk some NFL here. Um, now, the troubles of Carson Wentz just seem to continue this year. Now, Adam Schefter, of course, we all know, resident football analyst over there at the NFL Network. He also does some work with ESPN, too. Uh, but he currently, well, he recently reported to ESPN, actually yesterday, uh, that a recent CT scan revealed that Carson, Wills, uh, Carson Wentz excuse me, has fractured a vertebrae. Now, he will sit out for week 15, but should be healed up with some rest. I don't know what that means. We're already at week 15. I, I mean, is it kind of like a loss at this point? They're already at 6-7. and seven. Uh, They will be playing against the Rams this Sunday. Now, I don't know if the Rams will be, you know, super motivated to come through and stomp, you know, stomp the Eagles like that. But, again, I don't I don't really see where the Eagles win. So, you know, if they lose next week, I mean, you could basically eliminate them out of the playoffs. Why, you know, why worry about bringing him back? That's my question. Uh, he's already had issues with his back. Uh, he was limited back in uh, October, in October's practices because of it. So, obviously, he's had these issues for a while why, 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 you know, why, you know, force him, you know, why, you know, force him to come back? Like, you know, what are you really fighting for at this point? You've already lost uh, your division. I, you're you're not winning that division. Uh, the Cowboys are playing too good. I don't see them dropping too, too back in the back. Well, yeah, I don't see them drop, dropping two in a row. They might lose next week. Um, I'm sorry, they might lose this week, but I don't see them losing next week or week 17. Uh, so I, I don't really see... Uh, where, you know, Carson Wentz helps you if he decides to sit out this week, especially with a loss. Uh, Nick Foles will get the start, uh, which means they do have some experience. Now, Nick Foles did get them the Super Bowl, um, you know, so who knows what could happen. Uh, if, you know, honestly, I would have put him in a long time ago. Uh, the minute, the minute you know, Carson Wentz was missing significant time at practice, uh, I would have put Nick Foles in. I mean, he's he obviously can throw the ball. He's obviously had experience in this offense. Uh, he's won you that Super Bowl. I would have trusted him enough to just uh, to just play that to just to just stay. I mean, to just stay to stay a little bit longer as our starter. Uh, I would have waited a little bit, either either waited a little bit more on Carson to put him back in, or I. I probably wouldn't have him played this season, especially again. Uh, once I, I mean, I would. I mean, again, you know, you you can't really, you know, say that. I can't really say that as a GM. Uh, but you know, if I, especially like I said, he was dealing with some uh, issues in October that kicked him out of practices. At that point, if you're if you're you know out of practices for multiple times, I mean, at that point, I would have probably had Nick Foles in somewhere around in October already. If I really wanted to salvage this season, um. I, I I don't see where I don't see where this team, you know, I'm not saying this is the death knell to this team, but they don't really have a running game. Uh, the receivers they've gone down, uh, gone down in terms of production, but I think that's because their quarterback has gone down in terms of his performance as well. Uh, so it's a it's a tough game. I mean, it's, they still have recent defense. They're one game below 500, but I just do not see them uh, pushing that playoff spot right now. And this is just, um, and, and again, this might be just be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Uh, and moving on, we're going to talk a little bit about these Vikings. Uh, they recently fired their offensive coordinator, John Filippo. Uh, this was earlier this week. Uh, they're currently sitting at a 6-6-1 record. That's far away removed from what they had in mind, especially since they were one game away uh, from the Super Bowl last season uh they've been held less uh they've been held to less than 300 yards in, a, in four of the last five games and they've been averaging about 12.8 uh 
uh, points. Last week was a loss against Seattle, 21 to 7. That just really looked ugly on both sides of the ball, really, not just offensively. Um, and, um, you know, it looks like the, the offensive coordinator got a lot of blame for that. But, you know, I, the truth, it, it could be said that also Kirk Cousins did not really get it done on the road or against winning teams. So that might be a question there, too. You did give that man, give that man $84 million guaranteed. It might not have been the smartest decision you could have made, Minnesota. But, you know, y'all going to make that decision and y'all going to ride with him. So, of course, John D. Filippo had to go. But I don't see where you guys going to have that much improvement. That's just my opinion. All right, now, moving on, of course, we the big time, the big story. Is last night's game, uh, Thursday night game between the Chiefs and the Chargers. Now, the Chargers were able to come back in epic fashion, winning that game 29 to 28. They are both sitting there at 11 and 3. Uh, Chargers have now, in my, yeah, now moved up to first place in the AFC West. My, how a few weeks changed. Uh, I wouldn't say this team is uh, going to be left in the dust or anything like that, but you know, the to come back and uh, to win on the road in a night game in Kansas City. I have to give you a lot of props. That's one of the biggest moments of the year so far. Uh, but going through the stats, uh, Pat Mahomes had a decent game. Uh, did not turn the ball over. He had twenty. He went 24-34, 243 yards. He also had two touchdowns. Uh, Damian Williams got the start uh, in place of also not only, t- uh, sorry, Tyreek Hill. Uh, not Tyreek Hill, excuse me. Oh, Kareem Hunt getting cut, uh, but also Spencer Ware had an injury as well. So Damian Williams uh, had to get ready to suit up. I think he's a rookie. Yeah, he's actually the rookie this year. So the rookie went for 49 yards. He also had two touchdowns. Uh, he was also able to catch 74, uh, sorry, 74 yards worth of catches. And uh, Travis Kelsey did his thing too. Uh, didn't score the, uh, last night, but he did have um, 61 yards of catching. And then running back, Daniel, uh, sorry, Dale Williams was able to get a touchdown in the air all also, Demarcus Robinson was able to catch one as well. And on defense, they were helped out by that linebacker, uh, Alex Hitchens, all over the place, 11 total tackles. And then also Stephen Nelson uh, did his thing. He had four total tackles and an interception. As far as the uh, as the Chargers go, Phillip Rivers, uh, he had an ugly game at first. He was looking, he had already uh, turned the ball over twice. Um, and when I, when I checked it out, when I first looked at the score, it was 28 to 14. I pretty much thought that the Chiefs had, uh, had sealed the game up there's about eight minutes left in the fourth uh but um Again, Phillip Rivers was able to get it done. Uh, that final drive, I'll talk about that final drive in a second. Uh, but Justin Jackson, their running back, uh, plays some Melvin Gordon. He had a solid game, 58 yards, also a touchdown. Uh, Mike Williams was all over the place, 76 yards. Uh, he also had a touchdown and the two-point conversion that sealed the game. Uh, Terrell Williams also did his thing in the passing game. He had 71 yards, uh, caught 71 yards of passes. And then uh, on defense, they were helped out by Adrian Phillips. Uh, he had nine total tackles and also their linebacker. Jatavis Brown, eight total tackles. Um, one takeaway that I got was that final drive. Um, man, uh, I believe you know Philip Rivers in that in that last drive. I believe he threw two straight passes to Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, wasn't Kelvin Benjamin? Uh, Travis Benjamin, uh, or one of his uh, one of his minor receivers. Not I know it wasn't Mike Williams uh, or anything like that, but he made two passes on two third downs that pushed that that kept that drive going. And to me, that that when I saw the when he, when I saw him convert those two. Um, those two third downs were middle of the field passes. I felt the game was over. Uh, Philly Rivers again. 
you know, if anybody's gonna was it gonna be able to beat this Chiefs team, it was gonna be Phillip. He knows them in and out. Yes, uh, they lost to them nine years in a row, um, well nine games in a row, and that does suck. But again, he knows that team like the back of his hand. He's been playing in Kansas City against them. He's played in L.A. and San Diego against them. So he knows all about this team, and uh, that's that's what I saw, and and that's what makes um, you know these end-of-the-year matchups so good because you've already taken all the notes you can take. Uh, if you've watched that team play throughout the season, you've also played against them already. You know, you can only get better from your first uh, your first performance. That's all you can do. Uh, in basketball, you know, you play a, you can play an opponent, at least a conference opponent, up to four to six times. Uh, so you you know, you know, you really know your opponent in basketball. But in football, you know, you really have to take your notes. Um, you really have to take those games that you have in the early year, whether it be win or lose, and really lose use them as lessons. I think San Diego. Oh, sorry, San Diego. I think LA did that in strides. Uh, they took all the 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 mistakes they made from the first first game, and they minimized them. Of course, to turn the ball over. Uh, Kansas City's defense did look good for the first time in a long time this season. Um, like I said, they forced turnovers. Uh, they were able to get to the quarterback, uh, but again, uh, they just weren't able to stop them when it really counted. And that says something. That would concern that concerns me about the Chiefs defense because again that game was pretty much won when they went up twenty eight to fourteen at least that's I think ninety percent of people thought in the nation thought that the, the, the game was over at that point uh, but again the Chiefs were able to battle back uh, there's no quit and your boy Phillip Rivers and you have to respect it I will always respect it uh, again this is one of the best. Um, the best game that I've seen this season, and I would not be surprised uh, if if it would turn around and uh, if if the media turns around and wants to give Philip Rivers at least a little bit of some uh, MVP credit. We'll see. We'll see what this game does. Um, three three takeaways uh, that I got from this game: Chargers can score against anybody, any situation. Uh, two, uh, I think my question about home field advantage has kind of been answered. I don't think it's that much of a factor. A factor. Uh, look at what the Chargers were able to do. Uh, in the beginning of the game, it it may have looked uh as though Kansas City had the upper hand. They were up going into halftime, fourteen to seven. Again, they were playing good defense to start off the game. Uh, but eventually the Chargers just kept making plays and they refused to get off the field. Uh, they were able to run the ball just enough. They were able to pass the ball tremendously well. Uh, again, and they played good defense. They tackled. I don't think they forced any that many. They didn't force any turnovers, but they made tackles. They got to the quarterback as well. They made plays when they counted. And uh, my third takeaway is, of course, that Kansas City defense, again, it chokes another big one away. And uh, at home, at home, no less. And uh, I, again, I look. I would look at that loss significantly when going to the playoffs. Um, they're probably going to face each other one more time. And uh, again, it's going to come down to the team who did the better homework over the course of uh, the break between each other. All right, y'all. We're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to wrap this all up with some NBA action. I told you this was not going to be a super long show. Uh, wasn't a whole lot of college hoops action. Just a couple. Actually, just one real top 25 game last night. Uh, the night 
before it was like two. Uh, so not too much action. Usually that action picks up, college basketball will pick up around the weekend. So I will be covering a little bit more of that uh, tomorrow. Uh, but for now, we're going to move on. And uh, when we come back from the break, like I said, we're going to be talking some basketball news. Uh, and then uh, some quick hits, some quick hits, a few quick hits to talk about in, in the NBA. And then we're going to get into last night's scores. All right, y'all, we'll be right back. All right, y'all. So we are back, and let's wrap this up for today. And um, we got some NBA quick hits, just a little quick, quick news bites for you guys before we get into those scores. Um, now, uh, starting with Demarcus Cousins, he is more likely to return in February. Uh, I know there was some news saying that he could be on the Golden State roster at least by January the first, uh, but it looks like he still needs some time to come along. Not too much more time, but um. Again, February is looking like the real projected date. Uh, he was signed to the G League Santa Cruz team earlier this week, uh, so he is getting action there. He is getting back up to speed. Uh, but again, like I said, I know fans are a little bit disappointed, but, I mean, you guys aren't doing that bad without him. So just know that when he comes back, y'all be y'all will officially be right. And I probably won't want to watch the NBA no more after that point. Anyways, the Nets and Spencer Dinwiddie, their point guard, have agreed to a three-year extension worth $34 million. He's currently averaging 16.9 points a game. Uh, he's really come around the last couple of years. Uh, he was, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he was on a G League team last year, my, uh, last year himself, or if not the year before, uh, to be mistaken. So he's come, he's come a, a far away, um, and he scored 39 points against Philly last night. So, um, well, actually the night before so definitely uh on the rise definitely somebody who's trying to help out that brooklyn nuts team and uh they showed them their gratitude by giving them some money for it and uh finally oh no not fine we have a couple more news stories here uh the pistons and the sixters are looking to deal markel faults i know crazy right faults is currently out three to six week with a thoracic outlet syndrome what that basically means is there's irritation in his lower neck and upper chest. I don't know what type of irritation, but obviously he's uncomfortable. He does not want to play. He cannot play. He already missed 68 games last season because of his shoulder injury. We all know about that accident he was in that messed up his whole shooting, uh, his whole shooting style. He's that shot is is bad and it hasn't been right because of that shoulder uh he's currently averaging 18 point i'm sorry 8.2 points a game and three 3.1 assists and a 41 percent field goal percentage but that's only in 19 games that he's played in so uh very limited time uh very you know very limited experience at the moment so i'm not too sure what the pistons are looking for uh they're looking for well i i well i do know what they're looking for they're looking for a backup somebody who can um who can come off the bench for reggie jackson their point guard currently but i i don't know if this is the guy you want uh it seems that he could pass the ball a little bit three three assists a game i believe that's on 19 i think i do think that's on 19 minutes a game uh in those 19 games about 19 or 22 minutes so I mean, decent numbers, uh, but he has to come a long way. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a sad case with dealing with Burrell. And I, I hope he's not out of the league uh, before too long because he wasn't able to get uh, get his stuff together. I'm 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 hoping. Uh, you know, I'm giving him the best, um, giving him the benefit of the doubt. You know, he had a a crazy injury, a freak injury, and uh, he's still trying to get right from that. And it's just kind of unfortunate. But uh, he does. He is getting some. He is getting some love from the from the Pistons. We'll see what if that works out. Uh, and finally, uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about Jonas Valanciunas, uh, the center for Toronto when was four weeks uh, for surgery on his left thumb. Uh, he was injured in the second quarter of uh the, their win versus Golden State yesterday, uh, he had 12.8 points and seven. Uh, he's averaging 12.8 points and 7.2 uh, rebounds off the bench. A really solid player, uh, really good in the paint, uh, gets points when they really needed him to, when they really needed him to. And uh, he'll go on a tear, especially within that paint. Uh, I know a couple games that I've already covered, he's already had like 20 points, 26 points, something like that. Uh, he can definitely get rebounds as well. They will miss him because Kawhi is dealing with some on and off injuries too. So I I don't know what the deal with all that is, uh, but they're able, I mean, so far they're able to maintain and they're still on top of the East. So uh, I think that's good for them, but I don't know how much longer they can just go through that. Just having people, just having either Kawhi or somebody like Valentinus or anybody else just taking time out like that. I don't, I don't like that, but uh, so far they're still good. And uh, finally, like I said, let's go through these scores real quick from last night. And it looks like the Rockets were able to get a big win against the Lakers, 126 to 111. Uh, let's break down the scoring here. James uh, James Harden led all scores uh, with a triple, uh, yes, a triple double, 50 points, 11 assists, and 10 rebounds. Click Capella also helped out for Houston. He had 16 points of four and 14 rebounds, so he got a solid double double. As for the Lakers, LeBron led all scores for them, 29 points, five assists, and four. Uh, sorry. 29 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 assists. Uh, Kyle Kuzma also did his thing. 24 points, 5 assists, and 3 rebounds. Uh, the, uh, the Lakers currently are at 17 and 11. Uh, the Rockets are one game away from being at 500. They are currently 13 and 14. All right. We also got the Clippers uh, getting another, getting a, I'm sorry, going down in big fashion to the Spurs. 87 and 125. Uh, let's break this one down as well. Uh, as for the Clippers, Tobias Harris got 17, uh, 17 points, five rebounds, and also two assists. Uh, Danilo Gallinari, uh, he was also able to help out with 15 points, four assists, and three rebounds from the wing. And we also got Avery Bradley doing this thing. Uh, five, uh, 15 points, excuse me, three assists, and also three rebounds. For the Spurs, uh, they were led by Lamarcus Aldridge, who led all spo- uh, scores with 27 points. Points and four rebounds. We also got Rudy Gay getting 21 points, six rebounds, and three assists. Uh, as for the, uh, sorry, as for the Clippers, they're still up there in terms of the Western Conference standings. Uh, they're sitting at 17 and 11, so still a good record despite the last couple of games where it looks like their units, their starting five has been looking. Um, we're starting to see the effects of not having a true superstar, and that's what I—that's the—that's the image that I was getting from this uh, the last couple of games. We're starting to see the results of not really having a real superstar. You're getting blown out by teams that have them. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge is still a superstar in my opinion. Uh, Rudy Gay—he's not a superstar, but he's a good scorer. Uh, their other loss, which uh, which was a pretty significant loss, was to the Raptors. Raptors—you already know who they have on that squad. So, a uh, very difficult time for the Clippers right now. Two game slide right now. 
Uh, but I do think they play good team basketball, so hopefully they'll be able to right the ship because again, their their record does not uh, does not indicate that they're a bad team. Um, they indicate it indicates that they play better than what their team is on paper, and I do like that. But every now and again, you'll you'll just face a team that just has more talent, and every now and again, they'll have that issue. This is why I think, uh, despite, I mean, and don't get me wrong, I think they'll be able to maintain a solid winning record, uh, but I don't really think they travel that deep into the playoffs. They just don't really have a real true superstar, in my opinion, but um, for now, they're sitting at 17 and 11. All right, y'all, so we're going to call it, call it a wrap for today. Uh, my next episode, we'll be going over the college basketball action over the weekend. Of course, we have some big matchups. Uh, most importantly, in my opinion, I think the biggest matchup, in my opinion, is going to be number two, Kansas. Actually, number one, Kansas taking on number 17, Villanova. You also got number uh, 12, Kentucky. Uh, they'll be taking on Utah this weekend in some inter- in, in some interconference uh, matchups as well. And uh, so... Big, big time college basketball action this weekend. Uh, of course, we're going to be going over the NBA as well. And guys, I have not forgot about MLB free agency, baseball free agency. I'm still, nothing's really happened, bro. Everybody's still talking about what they want. I mean, I just recently read an article talking about Bryce Harper wants some type of commitment and wants people to believe in his skills. Dude, just sign somewhere. Just get your money and call it a day. I'm waiting. I'm waiting, guys. I'm sorry. These people are taking their time. As soon as I figure out what's going on there, uh, some big news at least, I will be report, reporting that. Uh, and also, of course, we got uh, some NFL news coming over the weekend as well. We got Sunday's games. Uh Yes, but uh, when I will be com- when I do come back, of course, we already know we're on the street, of course, uh, for the weekend, and you know I probably will have a review for you guys too. I just started it last night, uh, before the ballot of um, oh my god, it's a it's for a new uh uh sorry Netflix series I got. Well, it's not a Netflix series, but it's a a new movie on Netflix. It's a ballot of of oh my goodness, it's a western. I'll have it ready for y'all next time you see me. I can't remember the title right now, but. With that being said, if anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Uh, Y'all keep treating each other well, and uh, peace out. One love.